Can you show up day in and day out and do the same consistent work or better work every day than you did the day before? And, and that's, that's not easy to do. It's easy. It's easy to talk about it. It's like, yeah, I can show up every day, but can you show up when you don't know if you have a paycheck? Welcome to Appalachian Startup, stories of new ideas that eventually became thriving businesses in areas that most would consider a bad investment. I'm J.D. Belcher, and I started this podcast because I took the same path as a lot of these folks. I'm a former coal miner, and now I make films through my own production company called JJN Multimedia. I wanted to hear others speak of their journey to not only give new beginners hope, but to help me grow as a fellow entrepreneur. It's always a fun episode when we get to chat with a fellow filmmaker. Ben Barry is co-owner of Mountain Craft Productions a video production company based in Fairmont and Charleston, West Virginia. He's also became a close friend of mine over the past year, and we sat down to relate on our experiences of building a film business in Appalachia. Their work is as inspiring as it is beautiful, and he broke down the process of growing the company until eventually employing three fellow Appalachians to build their dream together. He's also probably the nicest person I've ever met. Enjoy. I started filmmaking when I was pretty young. Um, I remember like when I was a kid, all the other, all my other friends were out riding bikes and doing this other stuff. And I was like running around with a camera and shooting short films on the weekend. Um, And that just was something I had a friend that was in Texas. I remember very distinctly, he sent me a video that he made um, on movie maker windows. And I got that video and it was like, I watched it and I was like, Oh my goodness. He made, it was like a 10 second thing. It was something so, so simple and dumb, but I saw it and I was like, Whoa, that's really cool. Like he did that. He's my age. And so from that point on, it was just like this constant, search for me to like up my game and like figure out, okay, well I did this and this worked pretty well, but now let's like, let's keep up in the ante with different things. And then the beginning, it just started out like as fun. Like I was like, Oh, this is just something I do on my spare time. And then it was later on that I figured out like a couple of people are like, you could do this for a living. And it was like, that was kind of another light bulb moment. Right. So that first time, how old were you when you were introduced to that? And I think I was like 13, 14, like super young. Yeah. yeah. Just what was your first project? Do you remember? It was like a, like the short, the first short film we did, I think it was some spy thing. And then I was really into doing like lip sync. Like we would just play the music track and to a already something, somebody already made and like make our own like fake music video. We did that a lot too, but yeah, it was so thankful those aren't around anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we did, uh, skate tapes and how we did it. We had the little DV camcorder and we would put uh, headphones from the the CD player on the speaker and we would time it to where I would hit record, the person would hit play. And then when I hit record, it was like we would record the whole cut and then we had to time it exactly right to hit it at the same time. And we got so excited when we watched it back and we realized like it was perfect sequence and it, it was just like a music video, you know. I remember Movie Maker, like it, you could only do one track of audio with it. So like 
you'd have your camera track and you'd have to export it, put it back in and then add sound effects and then export it and put it back in and then add music. And it was like this huge process. Right. It was, and then I, I, can, I can remember having a, I think it was uh whatever Sony's version of editing uh, Vega or whatever mm-hmm. had multi-tracks and it was like, that was a whole new world for me. It's like, oh, I can layer my audio now. It's amazing. Right. And then at some point you learn to lay text over mm-hmm. things and yeah. And all that good stuff. Awesome. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you grew up in Fairmont. No, actually, I grew up in Kirksville, Missouri. So about two and a half hours from north of St. Louis, real near Iowa. Oh, cool. So coming out of high school there, did you go to high school there? No, I actually went to high school in Alabama. In I Alabama? Jumped, yeah, I jumped around a little bit. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, coming out of high school, what did you have any goals in mind where you kind of like, you know, I'm going to go to college and do this. I'm going to, you know, what was the path from there? Yeah. So in college, that was where people first started telling me, like, you know, you you're good at this filmmaking thing. You should there are careers in this, because like I said before that, it was just like what I did for fun. Um and so like guidance counselors and people were like, hey, you know, this is a viable option. You should start looking at schools. So that's where I found Full Sail University out of Florida. Um, and I just I liked the, their format because they had a set at in the school and they had all this like hands on. I didn't I knew I didn't want to go to school and read textbooks. I wanted to put my hands on cameras. I wanted to be on sets. I wanted to like learn how to do filmmaking. So I chose uh, full sale out of, uh, high school. And that was kind of always my plan. Guidance counselors, like kind of helped me set it up. I did a bunch of like looking into it and research. Um, and then at right as I graduated, we ended up moving to West Virginia. Um, and within the first eight months of living here, I met my wife. And so that's what kind of changed it a little bit for me. Cause up until that point, I was like, I'm going to go to Florida and I'm going to, you know, live there while I'm going to full sale. Um, but then once you get married, it's like, do I really want to move my wife, you know, my wife down to Florida? She's lived in West Virginia her whole life. So that kind of changed that trajectory just a little bit. Right. So you went to full sale what did you take? Yeah, I did. I, I did their on, it was the first year they offered it. I did their online, um, bachelors of science in digital cinematography. Um, and so it was really nice cause it was an accelerated course. So I did a four year degree in two and a half years. And you only had a class per month with no breaks. You didn't get summer breaks or any holidays or anything like that. Um, So, but I only had a class per month. So I was able to work and to use some of that, those school projects as like business projects. Um, And that's kind of how I started into that world of finding clients is I'd go to somebody and be like, hey, you have this store, I have this project. Can I, you know, can we collab on this as a school project? And that's kind of what launched some of that stuff initially for me. Right. So did you shoot weddings or anything at the beginning or was it kind of, you know, what broke you into the the market? No, I always had a pretty clear idea that like I saw people doing weddings um, and I saw other you know, like event videographers and things like that. And I always had it in my head that I, I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do in film. Um, I didn't have a super clear picture of what um, advertising production and commercial production were, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work with businesses and brands 
and build creative around videos. Like I knew I didn't want to just show up to an event and shoot it. So I've only shot like three weddings um, since I've been doing video. Um, and that was a conscious decision. Like I knew there was money there and I know there's a market there. Um, but I just, I knew I, I had a different path. Like then I was going to kind of stay on that path. Sure. So you go into full sale and you obviously have the passion and you're developing the skill. How did full sale like... How was the course outline? How did it help you get productive or did it? Well, and that's the thing. I talk with a lot of young people, even some people that have gone to full sale or are thinking about going to full sale. And like, again, I didn't experience their on campus. I've heard that's great. Um, the online, I did it. I have a piece of paper. I have a degree now from it, but I learned maybe 10% of what I know um, in the video world from them. Everything else has been learned from either the goofing off I did before college and then the work that I've done after. Um, so I, it's, it's really tough for me. And I always tell people to really think about why you're going to school. You know, like if you're committed and you get into USC or some big film school, the benefit of going there, not only are you going to learn the hands-on stuff, but you're also going to have an alumni network once you graduate that is like ingrained in the film industry. So there's a huge benefit there. Go to full sale, like the online degree. I don't, I don't know how worth it that is. I mean, especially if you're planning on starting your own business, mm -hmm. I would take that $70,000, $80,000 or whatever it costs to go and put that into a business. You know, that's kind of what I tell people. Like you're not going to learn anything new at full sale, especially if you've been doing video before you're going to college. They just kind of, they really, their focus is on somebody who has never done anything before. And that's what I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to get a little bit more in depth and it was very surface, you know, driven. Like there wasn't anything in depth. Sure. So that's what the cost ended up being. Yeah. I think it was somewhere around $70,000 in total for the two year, two and a half years that I went. So it was like an associate degree or. It was a bachelor's what? degree. Oh, oh, yeah. Bachelor's yeah, degree. yeah. So it was like, it was a four year degree, but I did it accelerated. So it was, I did it quicker because I didn't take any breaks. Very so. cool. So you graduate and you're all, you know, ready to hop into the market or did you kind of transition into trying to hop into it while you were going to full sale. Yeah. So that's, that was one of the things that I'm really glad I kind of put my mind to and did was when I was in school, I used some of my school projects to actually make business contacts. So when I went to full sale, I knew I'm going to start a business. I knew I didn't want to work for myself. Um, I've had a bunch, I had a bunch of conversations with my wife and I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to jump in like full bore, like I'm going to go to school and I'm going to start a business. Like, so that was always the goal. Um, so anytime I could use any of that free time or any of those projects to do anything business-wise, I did it. Um, and so that two and a half years, I was constantly like thinking about how I was going to build this business, how it was going to look. So when I graduated, I'd probably been doing business work for like half a year mm -hmm. already. Um, so it wasn't like a huge transition from school to work. It was kind of just a natural one where after I got out of school, I started charging people money, which was great. Sure. Saying so that, you know, throughout all that, um, did you have a part-time job or did you kind of, you know, do something to pay the bills or did you take out loans? Like how did that? Yeah. So I was really fortunate. My dad had um, a, a savings account basically for me for college. And he'd always told me that he said, if you want to go to college, it's here. The account's there. Like, I, you know, feel free to use it for college. So I was really fortunate in that aspect. Um, but yeah, I also had a part-time job, which was, that was another good thing about the degree itself 
is it wasn't so, um, it didn't suck so much of my time that I wasn't, I was still able to have a family and still able to work. So I actually worked night shift at a hotel at a couple of them, which was great for me because I would go in, get my work done, and then I'd have, you know, the rest of the shift all night. There was nobody bothering me, so I would edit, I would do schoolwork, and yeah. so it was it was good. It worked out really so well. So did you work, like, the front desk? You were the guy, someone coming at three in the morning? And yes, I, I always I, feel... I imagine su- you'd be really good at that. I, I feel super compassionate when I go to a hotel late at night, and that person's, like, I have to ask them a question. Like, I'm always really nice, because I was there once. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so Mountain Craft Productions. What, was that the first brand, or or did you have like another thing that you started first or, you know, how did, how did you develop, you know, the name? So the first, the first iteration of business that I did was actually under a name called Convergence Design House. And it was in collaboration with a designer. So the idea was, you know, we're going to start this business and we're going to have a design aspect to what we do. And then we're also going to have a video aspect and a photography aspect. There's like three branches. Um, and it was my first run at business, like out of school and actually charging clients. So it was it was much more difficult than I had anticipated and took longer than I thought it was going to. Um, but in the middle of that, I think that is when I started to realize that I knew I didn't want to do all the extra stuff. Like I knew I didn't want to do websites. I knew I didn't want to do design. I knew I didn't want to offer photography as a as a product. And so that was helpful because um, it kind of started me down this path of like, I think I really want to really want to focus on video. So mm-hmm. um, the Mountaincraft name came out of that working environment. Like we did, we brainstormed the Mountaincraft brand and um, the thought process was I did want something that had some geographical like reference to where we were. So that's kind of where Mountain came from. Um, and then Craft kind of came out of this idea of like, I want people to understand that what we do is not, it's not just a job. There's a lot more to it than that. And so it, for me, it is a craft. It's something I went to school to learn. It's something that I do in my free time. It's something that I am passionate about. And it's just, it's a little deeper than just, you know, being a videographer. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something more to it. So that, that was kind of the thought process that went into that. There was a bunch of iterations and thought process around a bunch of different words, but like mountain craft, it kind of, you know, figured itself out. And then we just kind of ran with it from there. So when the, the first, uh, the first project started to dissolve, did you, was it two of you or three? Or? There was three people involved in that. Yeah. And, um, it was a natural, it wasn't like anything went wrong. We just kind of all were like, oh, this really isn't working. Like we, right. we need to figure out what we're going to do. Um, and, and so, yeah, so that it was kind of just a natural dissolving. A mutual of, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, any, no, not messy or anything like that. And then um, from there, we, yeah, we just, I just started to run with Mountaincraft. And actually, the the idea of Mountaincraft started as a series of videos initially. Um, I have friends that um, started a video production company in Alabama called Armosa Studios. And they did a series of videos called Made in the Shoals. And the idea behind it was they would feature a business a month and really dive in deep to like why that business existed, what it does for the community, like all these different really cool aspects. So I was like, oh, I would love to recreate that here in in West Virginia. Um, And so that's initially what Mountaincraft started as was just that video series while I was in college. And then it was like, I just kind of grew into that name. I was like, I think I want to like carry this forward and just add productions. So. Right. So 
Yeah, I definitely relate to that wanting to focus on what you love because, you know, starting our business and we, and we offer, you know, website and graphic design and stuff like that. There's oftentimes I I get, you know, taken away from what got me into it in the first place. So I definitely get, you know, wanting to just concentrate and cultivate, you know, the process of crafting a video, which you guys obviously do extremely well. I mean, one of the best in the state by far. So tell, how did you come up with how you made videos? It was it over time you figured out like, well, it kind of boils down to this process or did you talk to other people or did you do what felt right to you? How did, how did you build that? Um, so when I started mountain craft, I was by myself. Um, so there was a long period of finding myself. I, I, I look back and now it kind of feels like I was just tripping around and like, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I know I'm moving forward and I kind of have a grasp. Um, so in the beginning it was very much like YouTube and whatever, whatever other resources I could find to like figure out how to do that certain thing that I was trying to do for that specific video at the time. Um, and cause there really wasn't a, there really wasn't a creative group in West Virginia or in Marion County at all, um, that I could find. And like, there weren't any mentors. Um, I drove back to Alabama and sat down with Armosa studios and kind of asked them a bunch of questions early on. Um, but they were kind of just getting started out too. So it, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I, I did feel like I was wandering around in the dark for a long time. Um, and then about a year and a half into it is when I met Justin um, and when I met him and we started hanging out and then I started actually hiring him as a contractor initially to do some work, um, that is when I think it really clicked that I'm not, I, I enjoy being behind the camera, but it's not what I wanted to do long term. And he has such an ability to understand what you're trying to do visually and make that come to fruition on camera. Um, I think I... I take it for granted sometimes, but, you know, watching his process, he really, he really honed what it means for us to make a video and really distilled it down. Um, and I mean, even today we're working on processes of how to describe that to a client, but internally, you know, when we approach a video, he kind of laid that groundwork for like, this is what it looks like. This is, you know, this is kind of where our bar is and we need to, you know, be above that mm -hmm. and what those, you know, specific processes look like. He's very analytical and he's very, you know, um, he's very driven by like, we need to figure out what is the pro he's process driven. And I can be a little flighty. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little more excitable, a little more ahead in the sky, but he is very much like, this is what we're going to do. Sure. Um, and so he really helped develop, you know, our formula, if you want to call it that. Right. It, Justin Litton, we're talking about, and he's, you know, such a force behind the camera. And it's crazy because he brings both the technical side. Like you could ask him literally any question, like, how do we do this, Justin? Or how could we do that? And he can break it down to a formula mm -hmm. of this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do it, that would be great. If not, you're not going to be able to do yeah. it. Like, he's just that blunt yeah. when it comes to creativity. But he also has, you know, the talent and also the creative side of it. So it's just perfect mesh. So initially that, uh, you know, what was, when did you, where did you all meet? What was that first conversation like? So when we met, that was the first time that I had found a creative filmmaking group that was part of the uh, then West Virginia film office. They were having some sort of like networking event in Charleston. So I said, I'm, I've never been to Charleston. I'm going to drive 
go to this place and see who else is doing what I'm doing in the state and kind of get connected. Um, and Justin had just gotten back from England. He was studying over there and he, he had just gotten back. So he knew a bunch of people in the room, but he knew I hadn't been there before. So he, we just kind of started talking. Um, and you know, from there it was just kind of like, I don't know. We just, we clicked like we're very, they say opposites attract and it's so true because we're very opposites personality wise. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that just, we complement each other so well, like our strengths and weaknesses are just perfect. Like we talk about yin and yang with us a lot. Cause it really is that. Um, and Justin is actually the one responsible for kind of like solidifying that we're only going to do video. Um, because even when he started to first come on board, I was still kind of toying with the idea of like, maybe like money wise, maybe I do need to do websites. Maybe I do need to shoot photography. Um, but once he became a partner, he was like, no, like we're going to do one thing. We're going to do it really well, the best we possibly can. And that's kind of the, you know, the direction that we're going to take. And so he, he's responsible for that, like solidifying, we're going to be a production company and that's it. Right. Yeah. And you can definitely tell like, you know, as you all continue to grow and things just get better and better and, and every project you guys try to do, you know, it's not just your run in the mill, you know, talking head video. Of course we do those, you know, we have to pay the bills, yeah. but you all always try to put that creative spin on it and make it something special. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that, that's just like another, you know, as we grew as a company, it was just one of those things like, Oh, we don't always have to do exactly what the client wants. Like there was this kind of light bulb moment um, where it was like, they're, they're expecting us to be an expert in a field. Like that's what we're touting. We're video professionals and we do, we only do video and we're experts at it. So maybe we should start giving our expertise and like kind of speaking into their creative process. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think like over the last year and a half, we've really honed that ability to talk to a client and analyze what they're trying to accomplish with the campaign or the video and then translate that into a video production. Um, because I think it's really, it gets a little, it gets a little weird when you just, you'd always just say yes to the client because they're, they're not video professionals. They have an idea. They might've seen something that they liked or, you know, a commercial on TV, but like at the end of the day, you also are responsible for checking their boxes of like what this video is supposed to do. So if you only do what they say, most times it's not going to check those boxes. And and we found that adding that creativity really kind of set us apart um, and gave us that ability to also practice what we all went to school for. You know, we're not making narrative films every day anymore, but we are you know, we are writing scripts and we are casting actors and we, I am directing. And like, so there's all these elements of the thing that we wanted to do, but it's in this brand world and we're getting paid for it, which is, it's awesome. Sure. And there is ways, you know, a client comes to you. Uh, there's ways to bring that collaboration because it is a collaborative medium, but yeah, I mean, they're not hiring you to just say, yeah, sure. We can do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. we can do all of that. And sometimes that happens, but rarely, yeah. you know, you got to take it and actually, you know, you want it to be a part of, of them and want them to have a voice in it, but also there's a way to do it that you both can get the best of both worlds and it'll 
be that much better because of it. Yeah. And there's, a, there's like that education process with the client, right? There, it's not, we don't come in and strong arm the project and say, this is what we're going to do no matter what. It's like, there is that process of listening. You got to listen to what the client wants and you've got to listen to what their objectives are for what they're trying to do with the video. And then it's our job to come back to them after we've listened to all that and say, okay, because you said ABC, we think this is the video that will accomplish those goals. And here's why we think it'll accomplish those goals. So it definitely is a, co a collaborative process, but not in the sense of like just going with their first option. Like it's like taking that and working it into a video product that one, we can be proud of creatively and two, fulfills what they're trying to do with their brand or with, you know, whatever product they're trying to sell. Sure. So in the addition of Mikey, like how does your business structure, it's not the classic, you know, uh, here's each of our salaries, you know, we'll put a certain amount to the, you know, overhead and this and that. Like, how did you all come up with the structure of your business and what does it look like? So <laughs> how we came up with the structure of our business is uh, we just did whatever, like we got, I got some advice from some accounting friends and from some ideas. So when we started uh, with me and Justin, um, we were a partnership. That's how we kind of structured the company. And, but that was like, that was one of those things that we knew very quickly into it, that neither of us was like the business person in, in the company. Like I don't do accounting. I've not, I didn't go to school for any of that stuff. And so it was one of those things where we did the best with what we had and just kind of made it work, but always just kind of kept our heads down, worked hard. Um, but I always had that eye towards the future of when we would find that person that could kind of help us solidify that side of the business. Um, cause not only do we only want to do video, but I also want everybody that's involved in the company to be doing what they're best at. So I don't want me to be doing directing, you know, and doing uh, client relations and doing accounting. Like the accounting would be a mess because that's not, I'm not good at that. So the idea was always to find those professionals that you could plug into everything so that everybody is doing what they're best at, you know, and they're really shining and um, at their full potential. Um, and so we, we're a partnership up until I think September of last year. Um, and that's when we met Joe DeGroff, who is our fourth partner. And he came on board. He's an MBA. He teaches at um, WVU. He has his own company called L Corp. And basically what his company does is uh, the L stands for the love and the corporation stands for the corporation. And so what he tries to do is come in and do all that corporate stuff so that you can continue to follow your passion. And it was like, oh, Oh, that's, yeah. that's perfect. That's, that's what I want. I don't want to do the corporation stuff. Like I, I just want to do what I love. And so we started talking with him and it, we just clicked like culture wise. It just, it like, it made sense. It was, it was something that was really quick and we were like, okay, we want to do this. So he helped restructure us to where now we're a corporation. Um, and we do have the, the salary okay. thing okay. and like all that's kind of shifted, but it's been a, it's been a very recent thing and it's been a great thing because before you know, it was two video guys trying to run a business and doing the, you know, the accounting and the the payroll and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it was so hodgepodge to where now we have somebody that understands what that looks like, understands forecasting and understands like all the stuff that we were missing. And so I think we're much more whole as a company than we were before. It worked. We made it work. We, we slogged through it, but sure. now we're much more efficient. It's less like, well, let's divvy it up 50% here, 50% there. You know, I'll pay the electric bill of this, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's, 
it's 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 more uh, legitimate now. Very <laughs> cool. It's freelance feeling. Very cool. So, um, you know, how, when did Mikey come into the picture? Like, where did you all meet? So, Mikey, I met him at an identical uh, get together as I did Justin. It was just like a couple of years later. Um, I went to this meeting uh, with a bunch of other filmmakers and I just happened to sit next to him. And so we were talking in between whatever they had planned for the evening. And like most video people do, you like, oh, here's, here's some work that I've done. Here's my demo reel, whatever. Well, he showed me his and I was like, whoa, wait, you, you did all this. Like, this is your work. It isn't like you didn't just edit this, like you shot this and like did everything. Um, because his work was just way higher caliber than any, especially somebody his age than anything I was expecting. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things again, where, um, you know, I'm really worried about our company culture when it comes to hiring people or when it comes to bringing people on, people can be taught skills you can't be taught culture all the time. And so like, to me, that was really important that the people working with us, we gelled, cause we gotta work, we gotta be together all the time, on set, off set, like in between shoots, like there's a, a lot of us being together. Um, and so on top of him being super talented, I could just, that culture thing was there. So we did the same thing that we did with Justin. We just hired him on a few projects over the course of a year. Um, and then we gave him a few projects to work on just on his own, just to see how he would handle like a full production full on. Um, and then in August it was like, Hey, like we really have enjoyed working with you. Your work's top notch. Do you want to come on board full time? Um, and, and it, it's been great ever since. That's awesome. How old is Mikey? He is going to turn 21 in August. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I didn't even realize how young he was when we first started working together. It was one of those things like we just recently were talking about timelines and like the first project he shot with me, he was actually still in high school and I had no idea. He's, he's real crafty. He didn't tell me he was still in high school. So I just assumed he was in college. Mm -hmm. um, and then we started working together and it, I think it was on like one of the first shoots we were all together. We got done and we we're like, oh, we're going to go grab a beer. And he was like, I can't go grab a beer. And it's like, wait, how old are you? That's like, wait fantastic. a minute. <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of the inside joke. You know, he's the youngest. That's awesome. Now. Yeah. So let's do some basic business model stuff here. Like, how did you figure out? Like, I know with me in the beginning, I figured out pretty early on that I wasn't charging enough. And it was pretty early. I mean, it's it's apparent once you sit down and you, you know, calculate, well, uh, you know, at first it was, how long does it take me to shoot this? Then it was, how long does it take me to shoot and edit this? Then it was, you know, when it really started to break down, like, how long do I think about this to make it happen? Like, what do I have to do beforehand? So how did you come up with the structure on how to price for a video? I mean, that is an ever-evolving thing. That was one of those things early on where it's like, how much do I charge for a video? I have no idea, no concept. And you can go look at blogs and you can go look at things on the internet, but that's one of those things that a lot of people, they keep really tight to the chest. Um, and again, Justin came in here in a big way because he, the school that he went to was also very hands-on. So they did every job in the production realm, like on all their projects. And so he had a really good understanding of what like a set looked like and what a crew looked like and like how much time things should take. So we just, and he knew about day rates. That's something I didn't even know. I didn't know what a day rate was when he first started working with 
with me. Sure. But it's like, no, that's kind of your base. You start with like, how much do you want to get paid per day? That's a standard industry thing. Um, so you, we set our day rates first. And then from there, it was just a journey of figuring out really how much we're worth. Um, and I think a lot of people struggle because they they just want to get that right price, but you you need to figure out like what what you're worth. Because sometimes there's things that you need to say no to because you're worth more than they're willing to pay for, um, and that's a really really hard thing to learn when you're first starting out and you need to make ends meet. Like to say no to a project at whatever you know money scale is tough in the beginning. Um, but that was kind of a turning point for us when we started budgeting based on like how much we're worth and what are we bringing to this project? Not just gear, but like expertise. Like, you know, Justin is a master, has a master's degree in cinematography. I have a bachelor's degree in digital cinematography. He's a master's? Yeah. Where did he go? Uh, he went to Leeds, England, Northern oh. Film School. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I got a so, master's in YouTube. Yeah. And they're like his, well, and his, his student, uh, project won in a student Academy award. Oh, wow. So like they were doing real filmmaking, like right. I, nothing like what I was doing at full sale. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was like that thing of like figuring out that like even me and Justin as, as video professionals, like there's a price tag for us coming and thinking up these ideas, showing up and shooting them, editing them. Um, and so for like, like I said, so we started with a base day rate and then from there it's like, well, what camera are we bringing? Are we renting one? Are we bringing our own? There's a rental rate for that. Um, and then just kind of like building everything on and realizing that you need to charge for everything. Mm -hmm. Like, like you said, pre-production, if you're doing planning work, then you need to figure out an hourly rate that you and the client are comfortable or you are comfortable with. And you need to charge per hour for that pre-production because that's work. You're doing work to get ready for this project down the road. Um, and so it's just been like a journey of figuring out like where, how all those pieces work and getting in a picture of uh, what production looks like outside of West Virginia. Cause I also think specifically people in West Virginia struggle because the budgets are really low. And so they get locked into like, well, that must be all I can charge. Like if, if that's the standard in West Virginia, then, you know, that's kind of where I need to sit. And I don't think that's a good way to look at, it. you need to look outside the state and see what people are charging in the video world out there and kind of get a, an idea of that. And then you need to slowly start working towards that because you're not worth any less than a person shooting video in Ohio, you, you guys are doing the same thing. You shouldn't, you know, there shouldn't be that barrier of price because of that. So it was just that journey of like plodding along and like, you know, I guess stepping out a little more on faith and like, okay, we're going to charge a little more on this. Like, I hope, you know, I hope they're okay with that. And then just slowly realizing that as we raise our prices, people, they're, they're okay with it because our product has gotten better. We're learning, we're constantly like learning how to do new things, new techniques, pushing ourselves creatively. And it's like, that's where that, that price difference is coming in. And, and it's just, it's gotten to the point where it's like, we feel like we're charging what we're worth. And it's so great to know that when somebody pays us, um, you know, that we're getting what we feel like we're worth. And that's a huge win as a business owner. Feels good. Um, so you know, in Appalachia, obviously, there are certain struggles like, you know, Justin having a master's and, and you know, going to England and, and doing all this stuff. Like, how how did you pick up momentum? Did you feel like, because I know, you know, I, I had to feel confident and I wasn't too confident. You know, as each price increase comes, you're not the most confident in the world, but you can still feel this little momentum of like, 
I'm pretty sure that we're going to be fine. Like this is what we need to do to continue growing, you know, to add people, to create jobs, do the whole thing. So is there a certain time, like a certain set of videos or a certain video you made where you started feel to feel that momentum pick up or was it just a gradual thing? Like you noticed you got more inquiries or you made more connections and, and stuff just started sprouting up. Cause is it something you could feel? Yeah, I mean, I think in the beginning it was very gradual. It was one of those things where you start off and you do a video for $500 and you're like, I made $500 on a video. That's great. That's for money. Um, and then you get a few months into it and it's like, well, $500 isn't going to pay the bills. That's not going to keep the lights on. So you start to kind of like piece that together. So that I think was like a slow ramp. Um, and then I think, I'm trying to think of like a specific project. Um like, does it feel good? Like when someone, you know, talks about like, whoa, that, that was so cool. Or, you know, you get a positive, positive feedback on like the change, uh, video you all made. The for, Choose West Virginia. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah sorry. Choose West Virginia yeah. video. You all made uh, amazing work. Like when that released, and of course they uh, went on to win a couple Addy awards and, and do, you know, some really good things. Yeah. When something like that releases, do you feel the response or do you see like, okay, well, inquiries are picking up, you know, uh, we're definitely on the right path here and, and our, our vision is working. Yeah, well, and that's like, so there was that gradual increase of like learning and feeling more confident, but then, you know, there was this moment and this is like real transparency. Um, last year in at this time and a little before, I mean, we didn't know if Mountaincraft was gonna be a company. Like that's just real talk. We were all talking, me and Justin were like, I don't know if we can keep doing this. We're not getting enough work. We had a really big client fall through um, and we weren't making ends meet. And it was one of those things like I have a family, he has bills and it's like, you know, we're not making money. What are we going to do? And so at that point, it was really tough because up until that point, it was like, well, we'll just keep our head down. We'll do good work. And that will kind of get us through like that'll show, you know, our quality and that, you know, we'll kind of stair step it from there. Well, come January, February, it's like, well, we're going to close up shop because we're, we're done. Like we're not going to be a company. That was almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to think about sitting here now. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things. It's like, kind of look at each other and say, let's hang on, like just for a few more months, let's hang on. Cause we know we're doing good work and we know we've gotten compliments on our videos. So like, let's, let's just hang on for a few more months. Um, few, few projects come in. And then like in August, when we brought Mikey on of last year, that was, that was when I think the real switch clicked for us. And I don't know what it was. I, I think it was just one of those things like where a couple of clients that we had been talking to kind of pulled the trigger on a few projects. And like, we came in, we pitched a really big project and they didn't even, they didn't even sweat it. They said, yes, in the meeting, they're like budget approved. You're good to go. And it's like, you walk out of the meeting and you're like, is this, this real life? Right, like, right, oh my right. gosh. And so like that started happening around August. Um, and then we won a bid for the lottery, uh, which is, that was a five-year goal of mine when I started the company. It was like the West Virginia lottery contract. That's like one of the largest state video productions that and you can do in state. And so that was like a five-year project. So we win that and we're going to shoot in September. And it's like, man, like there, there was just like this insane switch of like, we're going to close the company to, we're going to have our best year ever in yeah. September. Um, and so that, I think right before that and right leading into the lottery, that was when it was like, you know what, like we're worth it. People understand it. Our work's kind of speaking for itself. And then it's just kind of been a snowball from there. 
And not only that, but you all stepped up and knocked it out of the park. It's not like you were just like, you know, a bunch of amateurs coming up. Like, this is what you worked hard for, and now you got the chance and you knocked it out, and that's just that's just how you guys roll. So, you know, seeing and, – and I'm glad you're being transparent because, I mean, we all go through that. I went through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you just never know, like, man, am I selfish to sit here and and do this when I have a wife and kid at home? And, you know, there's no guarantee for, you know, a certain uh, revenue point. Like, you know, me coming from the coal mines, I was making 90 plus thousand dollars a year at one point. Uh, You know, that's a lot to say, like, I'm going to cut all that out and kind of pursue what I want for now. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of trust. So. You know, uh, seeing that come to fruition, it kind of makes you work harder and like want to succeed. So how did that fuel your drive moving forward? Like, okay, let's knock this out and blow it up and then we'll keep going and keep that momentum going. Yeah. So, I mean, after we, we did the lottery, um, and then we did a project for beverage distributors in Clarksburg, like those were two back to back, pretty big projects. And it was like, we kind of went back to the same mentality. It's like, okay, so when when we were struggling early in, earlier in the year, it wasn't necessarily because of us specifically. It wasn't because of our talent. It was just bad timing like all the way around. So it's like, okay, we got here from hard work. Now let's go back to that philosophy um, because I think a lot of people get caught up in you know wanting to win awards or wanting to, I don't know, like achieve these peer reviews and like be be accepted by the by your peers right Right. and for us it's like no like we the next project that we have to shoot needs to be the best project we've ever done finish that the next project after that needs to be and so it's like it's just that pace of like not getting too far ahead of ourselves um not not going for these you know glitzy glammy goals but like really just like let's do really good work. Let's work really hard and let's be consistent. Cause that's another thing that I don't think enough people talk about when you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, or you're a business owner, like 80% of your success is based on, can you be success or consistent? Can you show up day in and day out and do the same consistent work or better work every day than you did the day before. And, and that's, that's not easy to do. It's easy. It's easy to talk about it. It's like, yeah, I can show up every day, but can you show up when you don't know if you have a paycheck? Can you show up when you haven't had a client in a month? Like, are you willing to be consistent? And it's huge. It's like super critical. Right. Yeah. And, you know, being in Appalachia too, a a state that of, you know, has a history of extraction, we have, you know, individuals that have came into the state for decades you know, shooting all the big projects and, and, you know, making documentaries about West Virginia and doing this and that. And it's kind of a way for us to step up and say, you know what, I think I could do that too. And not only that, I think I can do it better than you can, but I'm still going to be really nice to you. And I still like you, but no offense, but you know, it's kind of the underdog mentality, you know, the the whole idea behind this podcast even is just, I can do this and I'm going to show you just how good I can do it. Not only can I compete locally, but I can take those, I can take that national business too. Yeah. Well, and I think it's taking the, the competing mindset because that is definitely what we've run into a lot and turning it into a collaborative mindset. So like, there is there contrary to what anybody thinks there's a lot of production work in West Virginia um, specifically just because I know my industry the best and it was like I was realizing that that 
everybody in the industry was so walled off because everybody thought everybody else doing video was competition. And while that is true, you are in the same industry and you are going after some of the same jobs. There is a lot and there is definitely enough to go around. And actually, I think everybody would be more would benefit greater if we were more collaborative, um, because I think there's been a lot of people burned like client wise that have come to get a video done. And then that said video person is like, I'm too busy and I'm not going to refer you because I don't want somebody else doing this job. So that client gets left in the dark like, oh, I still need this video done, but they won't share, you know, their their client list or whatever. And instead of like, hey. I know this really good guy's down the road. He does really good video. Go to him. He's going to make you happy. He's going to get this, this project done. And being willing to like be collaborative or even going after projects together as, as dual companies, um, I think it's something that we've really striven for is like not to be competitive, but to be collaborative. Whenever we can, even if it's the exact same looking company, it's like get in a room, talk, hang out, figure out what your strengths are, figure out what you guys are good at, and then work on stuff together. I think it's really pivotal. I'm so glad you, because I'll clarify, like we can compete with folks coming in and, and competing for that business. But yeah, building your network in West Virginia. I mean, example one, Ben Barry, me and you. Um, you know, we're at a farm to table dinner and we see you, you know, I see these two guys running around with cameras and I'm like, I bet I know who they are. <laughs> and I thought about like, I've already seen mountain craft videos and I was like, I bet that's who that is. So went up, introduced myself, you know, uh, uh, entered the chance to an awkward, have an awkward conversation on a bridge. And, uh, yeah, I mean, here we are, I don't know, it's a, a year later, literally, I mean, I've referred business that we've gotten. Right. You've referred business that we've gotten. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that created revenue, but not only that, a friendship and appreciation for what you guys do because it's like, oh, I want someone to talk to about this. And finally, I'm finding my network to do so. Yeah. Well, and I mean, every business is going to be unique. And so it's like, find that thing that that common ground where you guys can like talk about strengths and weaknesses because you're not any business is not going to be able to cover every aspect of that industry. Like you're not going to be good at everything. And so it's like the more you can find those collaborative partners and the more you can network and connect, um, the better it is for everybody because you're finding people that are good at a certain thing and they're finding you and you're good at a certain thing. And it just creates this really interwoven web and this community, which I think is awesome. Like long term, that's I want to see the filmmaking community be really tight knit in West Virginia to where we're all referring work to each other and we're all getting work. And, you know, and I think I think that really helps. West Virginia's filmmaking grow as a whole because we have that collaborative mindset. I think it's really crucial. Definitely. And I fought that a lot. Like over the past, that was part of one of my goals on why I walked up to you guys is I fought a lot in the beginning of being real closed off and just thinking that, you know, I was the hottest video editor around, you know, this guy out of Southern West Virginia is going to just blow it up, do videos better than everybody. And then I just realized like, it's not worth it. Yeah. It's, it's, we all have so much in common and all we're doing is hurting ourselves when we can open ourselves up to have those networking relationships. And not only that, you know, 
uh, I enjoy seeing your family grow and, you know, seeing what Justin is up to, you know, on Facebook or whatever. It's it's just nice seeing people in that realm and and knowing, too, like, you know, being in and Justin and Mikey have those same struggles that I go through and they have, you know, it's just nice to bounce those those situations off one another. Yeah. Well, and I think we all I mean, flipping it on our side i remember when you made was it the meet mcdowell video or what was it called we did the first motivate mcdowell was our first series it was kind of like about nonprofit initiatives but then we did a tourism video the tourism. yeah so we saw that and it's like where is this jd guy like what he just came out of nowhere and made this video and it's like oh, i'm a little worried like what you know and so i think everybody has that initial like sort of like that defense mechanism like oh you know he's making really good video like is he going to steal stuff but like it's really i think crucial to overcome that you know and kind of get past that and learn that you know there is enough work for everybody sure now granted and there definitely is in this state enough work for everybody it's just finding it and, and coming up with creative ideas to pitch it but even still like, you know, there's a lot of bids that we go up for at the same time. You all have won some, we've won some, and that's just the name of the game. But even still, you know, that's going to happen. Yeah. So there is, there literally is enough work for everyone. It's just coming up with a way, uh, you know, and, and still like creating a way to protect West Virginia vendors, you know, within this state for the work too, I think is important, which is a whole nother topic we could ramble on about. But, you know... What what in your opinion, like what does a person need to start a business in this state? Like any business? Well, I mean, I go back to that thing about consistency. I think that's a really like you know, like I've thought a lot about like the the term entrepreneur is hot right now. Like everybody, you know, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and they have this idea of like being an entrepreneur is owning a private jet and, you know, making millions of dollars and whatever, because that's, that's what everybody's kind of built it up to be. But like being an entrepreneur, one is extremely hard. And two, it is a long-term like goal. Being a business owner and entrepreneur is something to where you, you know, I heard that thing about a company after you get past five years, you have a, like a, a much higher percentage of being a business for a lot longer. And I kind of laughed at that initially, like five years. I don't need five years. I definitely needed like more than five years. And it's, so it's one of those things where you need consistency and you need to be able to put your head down and work hard at whatever you're doing and not get caught up in competing because somebody else is going to have the same idea as you, or they're even going to get the idea from you and they're going to open up something that's competing with you. That's just, that's the world that we live in and that's fine. Um, so, but you need to not worry about that. You need to worry about yourself, show up every day and really focus on working hard at what you do and really try to hone whatever it is you do and kind of get to the essence. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, they go into business and they try to do a lot of things, whatever industry it's in. They try to cast a wide net to get as many people as possible when really they should be figuring out what am I the best at and really like honing in on that certain, you know, criteria or that certain genre of whatever they're doing. Um, and I think that that's going to cause you to be the most successful when you're casting that very narrow, specific net. But it's hard to do. Like I said, it's hard to have that narrow mentality and and say no to work in the beginning because you need to pay the bills you need to keep the lights on um but if you if you have that ability to be consistent and kind of push through i i mean i think you know you're going to be successful definitely so you know where is mountain craft out at right now like what is your current 
goal for the next year? Uh, well, we're having that internal discussion. Cause like I said, the lottery was a huge goal for us, like a really big, like that's a big in state goal for video production. And we, we, we got to be at the table for two bids last year and we were super thankful for those opportunities. And so now it's like, you know, what is next? That was my five-year goal. Well, we met it. So like, what is our new five-year goal? Um, and I think, um, one of the biggest ones that I've kind of come around to is I don't want to keep having to necessarily seek out these larger opportunities. Like I think at least in the video world, if you watch any vloggers or if you're watching anything about video production, there's always these like tips and hacks about how, you know, how I got to work for Mercedes or how I got to do this project for Red Bull or whatever. And someone like throwing yeah. all these hundreds on their seat. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and it's like, but they do it by doing like this, like they, they made this free video for, you know, the CEO's nephew's pool guy or whatever. And then the slowly they worked up the chain and now they're working for Mercedes. And it's like, it's my goal to have those larger companies come to us, not necessarily Mercedes, but bigger brands come to us and say, hey, you're really authentic and you're really good at your thing. You're really good at this mountain craft thing. And we want that from you for our brand. And so that's kind of my goal is like not necessarily going after people and trying to finagle my way into these larger business deals, but have them come to us because they see our work and because they see our attention to detail and some of the other things we bring to the table and for them to say, we want that. That's what we want. And, you know, let's figure out how to make it work. So kind of having that reverse engineering mentality of like, you know, I know a lot of people want to finagle into that. Um, but I really, I want to gain people's respect that way. And at the same time, you know, one of our goals, and I think it's one of y'all's too, is to spread a positive narrative for West Virginia. So, you know, we don't, you know, I know our company doesn't want to give up on West Virginia Ram businesses. Like we want to show them off too, because this talent is everywhere. You know, whether it's a nonprofit you're showcasing or this business over here that sells whatever like that's a goal too but i think like you're right there is a way to get into both markets but you can do what you're doing now and showcase the beauty we have here and then people are eventually going to notice yeah well and yeah like i said so that that goal is like that's definitely a very business-minded goal mm -hmm. but like community is a huge thing to us um i have lived here for 10 years and I just, I see so many beautiful things and wonderful people and, and just amazing things happening in this state that I think in any other place would be celebrated and plastered all over the front page and on the news. But for some reason, if it comes from West Virginia, it must not be very good. It must not be real. Like there's all these like negative things that come out of anything from West Virginia. And it's like, so that's our goal as a company is to really get involved in that community side of things and really do, like you said, tell the stories that are here to be told because there's so many of them and there's so many amazing things. And so like on that community-based side, we definitely want to be involved in those things because we're proud to be from West Virginia and we're proud to have a business here and we're proud that 90% of our work comes from West Virginia. Um, and that's like, it's not, it's not a necessity thing. It's a pride thing for us that we're thriving here with our business. Even when people said, ah, it's going to be difficult. Like you're probably not going to make it, you know, it's like pushing through and really showing 
what West Virginia has to offer and hopefully getting more and more opportunities like the choose video to really do these videos that come from our heart and what, how we feel about our state and how we feel about the future of our state and the young people in our state. And, you know, all these things that we want to like, you know, put this narrative out and whenever we can get involved in that, we're going to do that. I've learned so much today and it was nostalgic hearing about how Ben got his start. Their work is literally jaw-dropping, so if you're needing a production that sets itself at the highest national level possible while maintaining that local Appalachian connection, please contact these guys. Visit Mountain Craft Productions on Facebook and Instagram and view their portfolio at mtncraft.com. Appalachian Startup is a bi-weekly podcast, so be sure to check back for more stories of entrepreneurship, Like us on Facebook and Instagram and support the show by grabbing a sticker from our online store at AppalachianStartup.com. Review our podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud as well. We are on Patreon, so you can support the show there and allow us to showcase more businesses in Appalachia. Stay tuned for more stories of underdogs on the rise.